1: Do
2: you like butter tarts? I was lying on the grass on Sunday morning. In
0: 1999, rock radio was filled with angry white men rapping and screaming about their problems. In the thick of all of this, a brother and sister duo rapped over a disco sample and created a feel good summer jam about going to a rave. This week, I was joined by one of my longtime friends, Nick Testa, aka Night Beast, to decide if Len brings the one hit thunder or if we hope their stolen sunshine is never returned.
1: all you need to make the money guaranteed and you can live off
0: royalties forever and it makes you wonder is it just a blunder or is it one hit thunder what up nick I are you ready to talk about len or what I'm gonna do my best you picked Len which was surprising because my bandmate and both of our friend Trevor Leonard so I was having a Halloween party he happened to be out our way when the Halloween party that I yearly have was happening so I was getting the party playlist together because he was staying with me and I'm like do you have any suggestions and his one suggestion was Len, still my sunshine. And I was like, dude, I'm like, honestly, if Len, still my sunshine comes on at this party, it's just going to kill the vibe completely. No way.
3: The roof it, blows off immediately. Yeah. He
0: completely disagreed with me. We did put it on and I can't remember if it actually, you know, there were a lot of songs. I can't remember. I was probably pretty intoxicated if it did come on that maybe I don't remember if it came on, but now that I think about it, yeah, maybe it would get people going. The thing we got from that is now we sometimes call Trevor Len, because his name is his name is Trevor Leonard, and we constantly talk about Len to him. Surprisingly, he did not do Len as his episode of One Hit Thunder. He did King Harvest, Dancing in the Moonlight song.
3: Which is but, also a great song. He chose, I really liked listening to that. He had a lot of good insights about that song.
0: Right, yeah, that was a good one. But this one's going to be even better, because I know what a big Len fan you are, so we're going to get... <laughs> Uh, this song, it does kind of make sense to me that you would pick this song because this song is just like, it does sound like a party. It sounds like yeah. fun, and you are the essence of a party and fun <laughs> in my in my mind. Uh, at least, you know, we haven't partied together in, in a little while. But. In
3: quite a while. I'd say my party days are numbered, if not completely no. gone. But no. <laughs> I just party Don't in a different that. way. It's yeah. just a different kind of party. Well how, uh,
0: well, how do you party these days?
3: Now I watch Veronica Mars when I have time alone, and then I play air hockey with my son, and that's a party.
0: Okay, that's that's still a party. That's cool. You could, <laughs> you could listen to Len and play some air hockey, I'm sure. Oh,
3: absolutely. We did but, it yesterday. Uh,
0: but as far as this song goes, it's a brother and sister started the band. Yes. I don't have any siblings, so I don't know what it would be like to start a band with my sibling, but... I don't. You do have a sibling. Would you start a band with Alex?
3: We could start it. We've talked about doing stuff before because he—he's how I got into DJing because he's a DJ too. We know each other too well. I don't think that we could work together like that. Sometimes it works really well with siblings, but I think you're just too close. I, I don't think it would work.
2: Although right. they can
3: sing well together, usually families can <laughs> usually sing super well together, but I don't know. I don't. I don't think I could do it. Yeah.
0: Well, Hey, what, I guess we should get into this before we get any further. Why did you pick this song
3: beyond the song, the video, the music video for this song kind of changed the way I looked at music videos because it's just a, a party the whole time. And it looks like there's no story. And upon learning more, there was no story there. There was like hardly any background behind it at all. They had a ton of money from the label to shoot this video They flew 12 of their friends down to Daytona beach from Toronto during spring break and just filmed their vacation. And that to me is amazing. That's the best waste of money (laughs) to, to make a great and memorable video. That's why I chose it because I love the video so much. I like the way that I listen to music and the reason I listen to music is for fun and an escape from reality. And that song and this band in general is a great escape. Just like, you don't have to worry about real life for a while. And that's why I chose that song and video.
0: And it has a sample. The sample in the song is more, 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 which right. I never really even think about the fact that it's that, 70s disco song by a porn star that uh you know (laughs) but it's it's there and uh i gotta give credit to that that is a big part of the appeal of this song and probably i would guess that 90 percent of the people don't even realize they're necessarily listening to that sample even though it is the most prevalent thing in the song
3: something i found funny about that was that part of the song of More 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 has nothing to do with the rest of the song. It's like a right. throwaway bridge, but it's the most memorable part. Like you said, it's the like, oh, that part's cool with like the cowbell in the background. That's like the coolest part of the song, and it's over in five seconds.
0: Right. Yeah. So Len said, no, we need to make a whole song out of that part. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I can respect that. That's cool. So this the song was big in 1999. Mm-hmm. We always like to look at like what was going on at that time to try to like put it in context and understand how yeah. a song like that can rise to the top and exist so the things that were going on Len steal my sunshine peaked at number nine in november of 1999 and the songs above it were like there's a brian mcknight song back at one which i i don't really remember that song i do like brian mcknight I like his Christmas song. <laughs> I, think he, I think he does This Christmas, which is such
1: a Christmas jam. I'm going to cut yep. this, but you absolutely know that Brian McKnight song. You do. It's the, one, you're like a dream come
0: true. Oh, true. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't cut this. Leave this in because, I, yeah, now, I, I just didn't know that's what it was called.
3: Yeah. the best part about that song is that step
0: four is repeat steps one through three (laughs) nice you don't need the fourth step (laughs) yeah right i and look at it the other songs that are like mambo number five and smooth where the other songs are big so i kind of understand how (laughs) you know actually in comparison other than the brian mcknight song to these other songs i mean makes len look pretty good (laughs) yeah no i agree Uh, those
3: are all huge songs
0: you know i kind of think some of those songs are trash mama (laughs) number five i could do without you know (laughs) ladies and gentlemen yeah and in general in general like you know it was britney spears baby one more time was like one of the biggest singles of the year at that time which i think i liked just probably in a half ironic half actually liked kind of way sure Uh, i i know i went and saw britney spears at that time so oh really like oh yeah
3: Who'd you play with?
0: Oh, I don't remember. I don't remember the opening acts. But, uh, <laughs> I do remember I bought a Britney Spears ringer tee, and the rings on it were pink. <laughs> uh, that's one. That's one memory I have from that. But uh, looking at this song, so you got this Andrea True sample. I think that was her name. Yeah. Which <laughs> a little side note on that, I've talked about this a couple on a couple other episodes. My parents growing up, it's not that they didn't like music, but they weren't like me or you like really into music sure but they did have this pile of records you know not a big pile but i discovered it later it was like in the top of a closet so then you know i would put them on the record player and listen to them and there were things like i don't know stevie nicks and seals and Crofts and stuff like that but for some reason they had two copies two copies (laughs) of the andrea true more 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 (laughs) album which I don't really know why they just couldn't get enough. They needed more, 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 I suppose.
3: Maybe that was the bond between your parents. Your mom had it and your dad had it before they got together. And then they realized, Hey, we both are the only people in Western Pennsylvania with this record. We should probably connect.
0: Or maybe they just were a big fan of adult film stars that had been, <laughs> that had, mu- had music careers. They're like, we're the only two people that, <laughs> that like it. A- Adult film star music. So, and then, and then I, then I came along. <laughs> I guess I, I got, I got to thank uh, Andrea True, I guess, or for my existence, maybe. Shout out, Andy. So I was looking at the lyrics of this song, which I don't really pay attention to more, too much. It's just like a nasally guy. Yeah. I, he was lying in the grass or whatever. He was indulging in his self defeat. His mind was thugged, all laced and bugged, all twisted, wrong and beat a comfortable three feet deep. Now the fuzzy stare from not being there on a confusing morning week, impaired by my tribal lunar speak. And of course you can't become if you only say what you would have done. So I missed a million miles of fun. So it seems to me in my quick reading of that, that the dude was doing a lot of drugs and was about to die from it, but then realized he better chill on the drugs for a minute before he misses out on fun. I don't know. That's just my interpretation off the cuff.
3: <laughs> well, I think that you have a good, I think you have a really good point. Doing a little bit of background. I learned okay. that he, <laughs> he wrote this song after okay. he went to a rave. And I okay. think from, from my interpretation of it, he wrote this song after he had a really good night, probably with drugs. We can, we can both agree that there were definitely drugs involved,
2: but yes for sure.
3: I think what happened was he had a long night and then realized that he was sober uh when he woke up the next day and wrote this song about like how it changed his life, how ex- how that rave and drug experience changed his life and used a lot of druggy, stony words.
0: Yeah, I could see that. Who stole his sunshine?
3: That's a really good question.
0: I I don't know what that line necessarily means. You know, you the song is just like this song that exists in our life. But what does that mean? The thing, if I'm trying to decipher what this song means, and I have no, I'm doing, I'm doing this off the top of my head and, and this is, would be my first guess, is if what you're telling me is he went to a rave yeah. and I assume that if you go to a rave, you're using ecstasy yeah. or something in that realm. I have heard friends talk about how the day after or maybe even like the entire week after that because your brain goes in overdrive using up these chemicals to make you feel good that then you have like a deprivation of it yeah and it takes a little while for that to i don't know re-up itself and if i i don't know i think the thing that always scared me off of ecstasy and and being afraid to try it and stuff was like I once heard a guy who was very into drugs. <laughs> like, make make no mistake, this guy, this guy dug drugs. But this guy told me, I remember, I think it was our ba- our whole band told us that he doesn't he won't do that because of what I just said. Because yeah. you only have so much of I think it's serotonin. Serotonin. Okay. You only have so much like for your life or something. <laughs> and that and if you burn it up too quick, then you're not gonna have it anymore. And so then I was like, fuck that. I'm not doing that. So (laughs) I kind of maybe the still sunshine is the ecstasy stole his sunshine for the week that he should be having a good time. But Uh, he's not.
3: I think it's the opposite. I think sobriety stole his sunshine. Oh, I think he had the sunshine when he was when he was rolling, as they said. Right. And then and he was living, just living the high life. And then he realized when he was sober, his sunshine was gone. So and so he's laying on the grass thinking about, oh, where's my
0: sunshine? It was where the drugs were. Right. The rave. I mean, I guess 1999, that what that could have been like a peak of rave culture. Oh, it
3: Definitely was. Sure. Yeah, that's you know. that's like Jenko jeans. Right. That's full on. Do you remember? Did you guys have Gadzooks? The store Gadzooks?
0: Yeah, of course we had Gadzooks. Okay, I didn't
3: know if that was a, a national thing or a regional thing. But Gadzooks, that's like 99 is peak Gadzooks.
0: for sure also uh i feel like i've told this story on this podcast before but the thing i always think of when i think of raving is there was a dude from my high school who i saw him at the skating rink and his face was covered in vaseline and i didn't (laughs) understand didn't understand why and someone explained to me that when you when you're rolling if you put vaseline on your face that it like feels real good (laughs) so that that is a very hilarious thing about uh, rave culture too is face vaseline just thinking about that is pretty funny i don't know that, that weird drugs and weird uh, what is that a jelly that's like <laughs> did, did you bring some some sort of lubricant weird jelly to put on your face while we do this drug it's uh, a
3: jelly but i don't want to put it on a sandwich
0: Right. I want to put it on my face and do drugs <laughs> <laughs> and do drugs that make me tingle.
3: <laughs> there was, I remember being at the house where you and I first met that pink house.
0: Oh, I love the pink house. The
3: pink <laughs> house was wild. I remember sleeping on the couch and waking up to two of the roommates who were indulging in uh, the, the party drug we were talking about. And they were clothed, but not completely. And they had were covered in cornstarch. <laughs> <laughs> because wow. cor- because cornstarch felt good on their skin. Two
0: half-naked people covered in cornstarch at the Pink House is the most Pink House story I've ever heard. <laughs> 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 definitely, for anyone listening, Dayton, Ohio was definitely a good place to party back in the early days of Punchline touring. It was definitely a blast, and that's how... I met this dude that I'm talking to who is one of my favorite people in the world. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah. Cornstarch.
3: Right. Back to drugs. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so d- so did you dive into – so we both – it was kind of our assignment. We had to dive into Len mm-hmm. a little deeper. Had you already dove into Len deeper before you even knew you were doing this podcast, like at the time or, or anything?
3: Honestly, no. I had heard like bits and bobs. Like I'd heard things about them. And I liked a lot of bands like this, or that you like that would potentially like tour with them. Like I my one of my favorite groups in high school, I had pretty eclectic taste. I liked Punk and Ska a bunch, but I also really liked uh Three Eleven and I liked Two Skinny Jays. Two Skinny Jays is one of my favorite groups. And they're fairly similar to this, I guess. They were a live band that did hip hop stuff, but they were a little goofy as well did you ever listen right. to them
0: no i've heard the name a million times but no i never listened to them
3: okay. they're silly I, I don't know i don't think that they're for everyone and it's not like i don't think that's to say anything bad about any you or any listener i just think like they're an acquired taste i really like it though
0: yeah i don't think you're i mean i'm going to assume just cuz you're comparing them to len but i don't think you're going to listen to len if you're in a mood or if you're sad or if you're like it's pretty much fluff is it what is. i would call yeah, this Yeah, music. yeah for it, sure it is fluff but i will say this there are some bands that we've done episodes on here where i was like oh you know i never dug deeper into the elastica discography or whatever and then i listened to it i'm like oh i thought i was gonna like this band and i don't like it but when i dug into Len. I actually had a little bit of the opposite because as much shit as I talked on Trevor for picking Len and like (laughs) making fun of him for the following two years about Len, every chance that we could get. Actually, when I dug deeper into this, I'm like, this isn't that bad. It actually was like a little bit of a pleasant surprise. Like the, the album, the album, which is called, you can't stop the bum rush. (laughs) Great album title. Uh, I like, you know, kind of, skimmed through all the tracks on that some of them were just complete bullshit like i'm like is this a song this just sounds like (laughs) a beat and then they're just like fucking with effects over top of it or something Uh but then you had the song like the song beautiful day featuring your boy biz Marquis, who i'm (laughs) sure we got to do an episode on i was like okay this isn't that bad this is like pretty cheesy rap song but like i get it it's like in the style of like old school rap where it was like the most basic rhymes you could possibly think of, like the kind of rhymes that would start with my name is, you know, (laughs) my name is Chris and I'm here to say basically the equivalent of that, which maybe, maybe we could, try one of those raps. I don't know. Oh, do you think you could freestyle right here if I put you on the spot? If Absolutely you had to start...
3: not. If I could Aww. hang out, I would. <laughs> oh, man. There are two things that I think are the hardest things to do in the entire world, and that's skateboard and freestyle rap. And if you can do both at the same time, then you get to be the president.
0: Still to this day, I can land a kickflip, so Ooh. I got that part down. But I, But I think the freestyle rap, yeah, I'm not going to freestyle rap like I'm Kendrick Lamar or something, but <laughs> I think if you started me with my name is Chris and I'm here to say that I could bust out eight bars that <laughs> are fucking sick. <laughs> uh but I I won't do that. I I'll, I I'll I'll spare us that. If you were going to do it I would do it too, but if you're not doing it then fuck you. Oh, I appreciate um, <laughs> it,
3: but there is no way I'll do that.
0: <laughs> but I would I would like to recite some of Biz Marquis verse because there in this go. song Beautiful Day because I really love it. We talked it's actually funny. We talked about this in the trevor's episode about uh dancing in the moonlight songs where every line is a rhyme like every single line it's all the same rhyme like (laughs) it never leaves that thing oh yeah 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 but the Bismarcky rap is party people in the place i'd like to tell a tale about a high pied girl her name is gail she's a funky fresh girly she ain't stale every time i see her she makes me hard as a nail (laughs) i was chilling at my house drinking ginger ale Watching Monty Python and the Holy Grail. That's a fucking awesome line. When I got a phone call, it never failed. It came all the way from a college named Yale. I said, hello, pretty mama. What's up, female? Let's go on a cruise or go on a sail. But first, let me call my main name Dale. I call him, but he was in jail. We both went down and paid his bail. It came back three weeks in the mail. One thing I forgot about, one thing I forgot this last detail, the Bismarck key will always prevail. <laughs> so, it's pretty impressive that he just he just went for it he's imagine like
3: gail and saying hey yeah. hey, biz you know i'm really enjoying this i'm really having a good time with you can you please <laughs> stop rhyming with my name like i understand <laughs> i get it and also could you imagine saying hey gail you're making me pretty hard you know like <laughs> like a- nail hard <laughs>
0: Jeremiah Freitz from the Lumineers and Modern Family's Julie Bowen
2: to tell us things they may have only shared with their therapist, clergy, or a TMZ stringer. So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E-F-F-I-N-G Perspective. The only podcast you crank up to 11. Hello, Tom May here, host of Future Friday. I've spent the last 15 years on the road with my band, The Menzingers, where I've met all kinds of wild and fascinating people. So I started a podcast. On Future Friday, I talked to fellow musicians about the moments that made them, their passions outside of music, and the curiosities that tie us all together. I've also talked to the likes of UFO researchers, magicians, soldiers, and documentary filmmakers, and I'm constantly searching for folks that can shape and change our view of the world. You can check out Future Friday wherever you like.
0: Uh, yeah, why Why hard as a nail? <laughs> as I... As I, as I can, remember, you can kind of, sort of, easily bend a nail. <laughs> not necessarily the hardest thing out there, but I don't know. I guess it's hard enough. <laughs> okay, this is gross. Let's let's move, <laughs> let's move along. <laughs> yeah, a beautiful day. You gotta check out the song "Beautiful Day." It's not bad. But anyway, I was surprised to find out that Len actually put an album out like not that long yeah, ago, too. Years I, ago. Yeah, and I checked it out, and like it was okay. Like pretty good production value. Didn't seem at, it was still like very over the top major poppy, like yeah. feel good, but it was like a little more slick production, like 10% less silly or something. Yeah, I was and- going to
3: say a little less silly. And that actually lost my interest because it was less silly, but I understand a person grows up cause they're, you know, they're in their forties now. They don't necessarily want to be <laughs> singing rave drug songs anymore and partying on Daytona Beach so they have they have different sellouts. priorities
0: yeah, they're <laughs> sellouts.
3: They <laughs> should be the guy that looks like a leather baseball glove laying on Daytona Beach every cruising day. Cruising on a
0: moped, cruising Just... on a moped. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it only took uh, about 18 payments but I bought this baby.
0: Yeah, that's right. And you know, I think that maybe they would still have a shot. We need still myself so- we need the sequel. We need more bands making sequels. Punchlines making a sequel to a song for our new album, we have a sequel coming, and I think there needs to be more sequels out there to songs because we want to hear more. I can think of like a few artists that have made sequels. Ween is good for making sequels. Yeah. They made several sequels to the song The Stallion, which is <laughs> a great song. I think we need to see a little more of that. Maybe Len could have their their big comeback with the sequel to uh, Steal My Sunshine.
3: Do you um, think he finally gets his sunshine in the sequel?
0: That's what I would like to know. Is that maybe he if he found it. yeah if he found the sunshine if someone stole his sunshine maybe he found it
3: or maybe he stole it from so he stole it back
0: true from whoever
3: from his sister sharon
0: yeah yeah that's probably who stole it i would imagine hey i was surprised to see that at one point that one the dude from broken social scene was in len which seems yeah. so wild to me because like i don't know this sounds mean but like i don't take len very seriously but broken social scene like that band's pretty badass mm-hmm. so like I was surprised to see and like I don't know a lot about this Brendan Canning dude whether he is like a still I mean, he's a founding member of Broken Social Scene. And I don't know how long he was in the band. It says at one point he was in the band. Yeah. But uh that's kind of interesting. I like I that band. So
3: too. I think I think that's it gives Len a little more clout and gives Broken Social Scene maybe a little less. Right, but I think either way, it's cool. I've always heard good things about the Toronto music scene. Like it's a pretty collective kind of unit. Like they're they're all pretty cool with each other, from what I understand. I could be completely wrong.
0: Do you think that Len hangs out with Drake?
3: I think they probably did in the early days when he was on DeGrassi, because I think that uh, you know they were still riding that wave. They were still riding "Steal My Sunshine" wave, even like ten years after, and he was just coming up. So probably not anymore, but maybe a little bit.
0: The Toronto music scene is really cranking out the one-hit wonders lately on this show because that's also where the band Magic, who sings "Rude," uh-huh. is from. Yes, they
3: are. And,
0: uh, and they they really crank out the like semi-lame ba- semi-lame bands who uh, have one-hit wonders. <laughs>
3: <laughs> just I wouldn't say they're lame. I would say okay. they're just unthreatening, like not harmful at all. There's nothing scary about most music that I've heard, like big one-hit wonders from Toronto.
0: Yeah, that was kind of mean of me. <laughs> I, 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 I take that back. They're not lame. They're just, uh, you know, well, they're 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 a little fluffy. That's all. You know, yeah, I don't, I don't but that's okay. That.
3: I want to live. I would like to live in a world where that's the toughest we get. You know what I mean? Like really? If, if Drake is the toughest we get, I'm psyched.
0: So tough music kind of kind of rubs you the wrong way. Yeah, like you're not enough. you're not listening to Bad to the Bone very often. <laughs> 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 that that that's the song that came to my head when I thought that's of tough so music. Funny. Is uh, what, what do you think of when you think of tough music? Hate breed.
3: hate breed is tough. DMX is uh, tough. DMX is scary.
0: It's funny. I just listened to DMX when I was lifting weights yesterday.
3: <laughs> I think that's, the, that's one of the few times you can really listen to DMX is lifting. Yeah. I'm slipping. I'm falling.
0: I can't get up. It's awesome. He made a song out of that commercial, that old lady. It's pretty sweet. <laughs> <laughs> and it, to, to make a song out of that commercial for um, Life Alert and then have it be that tough. Not hard. I mean, oh, that's oh, a oh. that's a true accomplishment. You never,
3: you X gon' get you. You never know.
0: Yeah, it, it, I think it's also cool that he barks a good bit in his songs. <laughs> I I like when people bark in their songs. He's all he's actually the inspiration for my AOL Instant Messenger name for forever, which was CMX Punch. Um. So any, anyone? Was,
3: oh my gosh! I never thought about that. You CMX. never thought about that. I thought. <laughs> that's really funny i did not know that
0: i think this is a funny story a little bit this kind of going off on a tangent but who cares there's only so much i can say about fucking len um (laughs) uh, i only kind of remember this and piece this together through memories of people telling me about it but it was very long time ago and some of my close friends will still call me the world what's up the world like my friend eric or whatever like and you know, just a very few of them. Uh, but the the backstory of that a little bit is that for some reason my, my friends started calling me the Sea Dude, which is like the dumbest nickname ever. I'm talking like you know late teens, maybe early twenties, maybe we're in college. And I remember being at my friend Jason Chive's, uh college in Erie. I think maybe Punchline had played in Edinburgh or something. Rest in peace, the hangout, great great venue that was, was up cool that venue. way, which Punchline played probably. 50 times we went to a party at penn state baron or whatever it was drank a lot and was like kind of just like sitting on the floor ready to like pass out or whatever and i think it was my friend jason we call him the sneak uh he came up and and said what's up c dude and i said no man don't call me don't call me c dude anymore he's like what do you want me to call you and i said call me c world (laughs) and then and that got kind of got changed to the world eventually uh,
1: um,
0: it's always interesting how uh nicknames come to be just like like you forever i mean to the point where it's actually become the name of your band yeah you've been known as the night beast for so long but yeah i I don't know you i know we've talked obviously talked about this before but where did that come from? Why are you Night Beast?
3: It's it's not a like great story, but oh, it doesn't it Don't doesn't even tell it. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. It's Run really it. no, it's not worth it. It was uh, a buddy of mine called called me that just out of nowhere, and uh, it stuck. It was just funny. I thought it was. We both laughed pretty hard about it. So uh, it just stuck, and that was 20 right. years ago. That's when Chappelle's Show first aired. One of
0: our past guests on this podcast matt jersevich who you know we call him the shrimp man Man. yeah shrimp man and it's so amazing that we still call him that because it's been definitely been 20 years and and the entire story was we were at denny's together like four of us and he was waiting for his chicken strips to come out (laughs) and they had that like little window where like you could see like oh our food's up there they're about to bring our food and um he said he said something that sounded like oh i think my shrimps are done and and somebody went did you say did you say shrimps and then someone went you're the shrimp man and he's like what and we're like okay you're the shrimp man now and he's like if you guys call me that i will beat the shit out of you and of course we called him that from that point forward here we are 20 years later still call him shrimp man oh man and and, uh that's that's the entire story so i think Maybe you don't always need some sort of great story. I no, think you it's, don't. Uh,
3: I don't I, it's almost better. As long as you don't... Well, I guess you kind of called yourself The World. As long yeah. as you don't give yourself a nickname. But no, that's all right. It's the World... Oh, man, that's so funny. It just reminds <laughs> me of Mace Harlem World.
0: Let me steer this back to Len, if there's anything else to say about Len. The chart performance of this song was, like, you know, better than... any, Higher than anything you and I have done. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh... But... But still like not one of the biggest albums of the year necessarily, which the biggest albums of that year were like Britney Spears, Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, Christina Aguilera, TLC, Ricky Martin, all of the household name yeah. pop groups of the late 90s. To the TRL um, era. Oh yeah, for sure. You, you more of a Britney guy or a Christina guy?
3: I've tossed this around a few times. Britney Spears, better songs. Christina Aguilera, better singer.
0: Yeah, Christina Aguilera is from Pittsburgh, so I'm a little bit, you know, inclined to pick Christina Aguilera. And the awesome, the, this is so mean. And I don't know how this, but there was always, always this stupid rumor in Pittsburgh that Christina Aguilera smelled like hot dogs. That was always (laughs) like what people said about her. And that is like the weirdest, meanest rumor. I'm sure that this multi-platinum famous singer, smells like nothing but the finest uh (laughs) the finest perfumes and soaps and oils and lotions and does not smell like ground up pig meat people tend to say mean things about people when they get more popular i would be interested to see to know if anyone ever said that i smelled like anything and what that what they said that was and i hope that that would be that i smell like uh dove soap or something like that
3: brute Pure
0: brute, yeah. pure brute cologne. I, I don't actually wear Brute, but we definitely used to br- Brute up. Got, <laughs> dude, that's one of the funniest things that w- that we did as a band for a while, is that we would have a bottle of Brute, and before we went on stage, we would, in quotes, Brute up <laughs> and just and just douse ourselves in Brute. <laughs> Could you imagine if you were in like the first or second row of our show, and you're like, what, what the fuck? <laughs> Which is so funny to think about doing now? Like I got to get my band back on board with brooding out. You up. have to brood. Walk on stage just reeking of, <laughs> of brute, like <laughs> to the point where people have to like back up and it's burning their nostrils. Because <laughs> that would be so amazing to be known for that. Oh my god!
3: Do you remember uh, when we played that that college house at University of Central Florida with with Hawthorne Heights and and you put. When Hawthorne was playing, you put the bottle of Brute on the front of the stage, and there was no security, so kids would like they would crowd surf up to the front, douse themselves in Brute, and then stage Whoa. dive
0: off. I don't remember that, but that's incredible. And
3: then somebody somebody sprayed the Brute like holy water, like like oh, the Pope with holy water. And the entire crowd just reeked of Brute cologne. It was one of the funniest moments of my life. That was so funny. Also,
0: I can imagine that Brute sprayed in the air could definitely have a sort of pepper spray type yeah, effect.
3: It's like chemical warfare. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> but yeah, okay, I wouldn't mind if people said I smelled like Brute, even though I don't. I mostly probably smell like Dove Soap and Speed Stick. M- Musk scent. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm sorry that I I don't have anything else to say about Len. I really apologize. I don't know. Did you do any more research on this? I did, and I
3: have a couple things. I have a couple things. One of them is that he wanted to write a song that was male, female, back and forth vocals like that human league song, Don't You Want Me.
0: Love Human League. Dude, the Human League had a bunch of hits. Uh, (laughs) my favorite probably being, Well, Don't You Want Me is great, but I also love human, man. Mm -hmm. Human cuz i just feel that man i am only human With flesh and uh, flesh and blood i'm made <laughs> i'm born to make mistakes just like the song says <laughs> i really hope matt puts that a clip of that chorus in here <laughs>
1: i'm only human of flesh and blood
0: When you think of like male-female vocals trading off, it, I mean, obviously, you can think of that. I think of that Elton John, Kiki D, Dunko Breaking My Heart, Yeah, which I love that song. Oh,
3: yeah. Ooh,
0: ooh, nobody knows it. Nobody knows. So good. There
3: are not, um, I can't think of too many, except for maybe Picture with Sheryl Crow and Kid Rock.
0: Lately, I've been really liking that. Oh, it's not really a trade-off. It's more of just like harmonies, but... You happen to hear that new Kesha song, Resentment? It's like her, or it's her and Sturgill Simpson and Brian Wilson, which is like a crazy, (laughs) but it's like this super sad song, but I love it. It's so good. I do love the trade-off. That's cool that they went for that. I like that. I like that little male female unity. Yeah,
3: I think so you know? too. It, it, I feel like it took a little bit away from stealing my sunshine once I realized that that's what he was trying to write. Because it's, if you think about the Human League song and then listen to the Lens song, it's essentially stealing the format. But it's, you know, there's only so much you can do with music, and it's more flattery than anything. I don't know. You know, you said something earlier about music sequels, song sequels, and it just got my. There's got to be so many sequels. I want to hear like, I want to hear sure. I want to know what happened to Billie Jean. I want to know what happened. Fallen angel from poison. One of my favorite poison songs who, what happened to her. I want to know.
0: Right. I mean, I don't think it's a bad idea. I think people would be inclined to figure out. I know, dude, I know on an earlier episode of one hit thunder, we did an episode about one of these, one of these artists that did a sequel to their hit. And I'm, i It's going to drive me crazy trying to think of who it was.
1: Looking at our release list, the only songs that I think of that could have possibly had a sequel is either Rick Springfield did a sequel to Jessie's Girl. I don't oh. think he did. Or it could be that there was like 40 different versions of the Macarena, including the Macarena Christmas <laughs> edition. <laughs> but no, that, uh, that,
0: that wasn't it either. <laughs>
1: the other two things that are worth mentioning before you wrap up the Len episode, in my mind, is one, That the song was written at a rave and then was featured in probably the most famous rave movie of the 90s, Go. And number two, that critics loved Len because they thought it was the less serious option to Fred Durst.
0: Okay, so dude, I was a victim as, and don't try to act like you weren't, Nick. We all, <laughs> we all were going to Warped Tour. We all heard about this band, Limp Biscuit, and mm-hmm. we all heard Faith, and we all were like, "That's cool."
3: <laughs> uh, I remember, and, I remember listening to Three Dollar Bill, Y'all, on repeat on my discman before I got my driver's test. I did my driver's test, which I coincidentally failed, but I listened to that over and over again. I am a Limp Biscuit fan.
0: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't call myself a fan any it it's kind of hard for me to listen to now, you know what may have been the start of our culture's destruction. You know what it may have been, mm-hmm. actually, now that you're bringing limp biscuit up is woodstock ninety nine yeah I think that was a sign you look at that whatever twenty one years ago, and like woodstock ninety four was cool mm-hmm. woodstock ninety four was like look at the lineup, green day, nine inch nails, uh rage against the machine uh like you had and and all these like epic performances and it seemed to like go pretty smoothly and like and then woodstock 99 was like burn it down and violence and and whatever and that that was like a very dark thing and then oh what happens next i mean a lot of bad stuff happens in the next couple years oh yeah after that it's kind of like this like building anger or something in the world. And I don't know. I guess it's been a roller coaster ride. We've had our ups and downs in the 21 years since then. But you know, you can look you can look to some of this stuff. We could say it jokingly, but you know, to to act like television and music doesn't have an influence on people. And then we have a lame ass reality show host president. Sure, you know, we can't pretend that this stuff doesn't influence the way people think you know so i'll uh, take that take that as you will oh yeah
3: woodstock 99 i'm sorry to cut you off woodstock 99 okay. had the one and i don't know if at 94 had the same issue but part of the reason that people were burning things down and and unruly was that everything was so corporatized and expensive and it was more of a, a lash out against what music had become what entertainment had become and you know, people were drunk, I'm sure, and 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 whatever, but it was. I think it was indicative. There, they did that because they were lashing out at what was happening around music. It wasn't necessarily that that people had just gotten worse. It wasn't just because like of of Limp Biscuit. It's because they were lashing out against what concerts had become, what society had become. I I could be wrong, but that's just kind of what I think.
0: You know, it's it's actually it's kind of scary to me and I, I like to drink and like party with my friends and like, and when I get drunk, I'm, I like to have a good time. And lots of people like to like drink and have a good time and laugh and whatever. But there is a, definitely a, a nice, not not nice, but a, a good portion of people that drink and get nasty and mean and want to fight yeah. and stuff. And that, that scares me so much about alcohol is yeah. like, it, it it quickly becomes like, I'd much rather hang out with a bunch of people that are rolling <laughs> or like, <laughs> or high or tripping or whatever. Like you're not going to go to, I don't think you're going to go to a grateful dead concert and worry about like getting beat up necessarily no. or like assaulted or anything like, but you get a bunch of drunk people at like a biscuit show or a country show or a yeah. whatever. Like that's kind of, it's kind of scary because people just like want to fight And I I never, it's never really done that to me. It's always just made me kind of want to dance and then like (laughs) do some things I'm embarrassed of in the morning or whatever. But that's what's kind of scary about those big festivals to me. I would prefer to go to one of those big festivals where it was more like, Party drugs than it was <laughs> drunk people. The worst
3: thing people. that's gonna happen is you're gonna get covered in Vaseline or cornstarch. <laughs>
0: right? Yeah, I'm not that afraid of Vaseline. I, I can deal. <laughs> I can deal with some dude talking to me about you know the moon and stars with Vaseline on his face <laughs> than than some dude wanting to punch me in the face and and calling me some sort of uh, you know whatever yeah, slur. Slur. <laughs> definitely a slur. <laughs> yeah. Definitely some kind of slur. To to that, I mean the the sound of Lens music. I think that's probably a good point. If if Limp Biscuit is going on at that time, and you have like so much anger and like rap rock going on, to have something like Easy Go and put on Swim in the Pool, I could see how maybe music critics critics are like, we have to encourage this (laughs) because I can't review I can't review another like (laughs) NPE. Yeah, I can't do it. I can't do it. Anyway, cool man. Hey, thanks for coming on the podcast, man. I hope thanks that I, to, I hope I get to see you real soon, and I hope your family as well. And uh, you know, I hope everything's good for you. I Thank always you. wish you all the best, man. Of all the people that I know in the world, you're one of the people I wish the best the most to. <laughs> oh, I really appreciate. <laughs> I won't, won't lie that, about man. that.
1: This has been One Hit Thunder. One Hit Thunder is produced by Matt Kelly as part of the Geekscape Network and hosted by Chris Sofalios of the bands Punchline, Pack, and Another Cheetah. Right now, you're listening to Beautiful Green off Punchline's debut album, Action. Visit punchline.com for updates as well as news, merch, and future tour dates. Let us know your thoughts on the show by emailing us at onehitthunderpodcast at gmail.com. And make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting app. And tune in next week for another episode of One Hit Thunder. Out of town
0: Listening
2: to the Geekscape Network. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast. A songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurwitz, and -and up-and-coming artists of today, such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris makes a podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts and new episodes come out every Monday. Hey, you do you have any plans this year? (laughs) 020-D.com soundtalentmedia.com or on your favorite podcast app.